Chad and Zay. All right, let's go hour number three on a Friday. Hope you're getting uh, ready for a good weekend. We got a final in a Super Regional game. Tell you about that in a second. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Picks out a special beat for all of us to start the third hour. What do you got, Zay? Swanging and banging. ESG. ESG. H-Town. ESG. Stand for anything? Just ESG. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Y'all okay. know that Texas hip hop, specs texters, a lot of people. It's, yeah, swinging and banging is a classic, man. Swinging and banging? Yeah, that's a classic. I'm assuming it's spelled that way, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't spell that swinging. You can't go swinging and banging. You got to be swinging and banging. ESG with a great beat to get us started this hour. Your final in the Super Regional. A lot of suspense just happened there. Duke beats Virginia 5 4. Zay, here's what happened. Duke is trying to finish the game. Two outs. Virginia's got a dude at the plate. I do not know if a runner was on base. I'd have to double-check that. He hit a long fly ball. He thinks it might be gone. He puts his hands on his head. He literally took his batting helmet off, but then he realizes right before he gets to first, oh, man, he might catch that. Outfielder catches it. Ball game. Duke brutal. beats Virginia. That's brutal. So it was that close, and I, I, I had to go back and double check there. Maybe if there, obviously there's a runner on base, he's. It's a matter of win lose, but at the very least, he was about to tie it up. Yeah, if I'm Virginia and I'm hosting that super regional versus Duke, I do not like that matchup because that is a conference matchup in the ACC. That means you've probably seen them before. I don't know their scheduling, but most likely they've played each other this season. And if Duke's beaten Virginia, there's a psyche there, psyche advantage that they might have that other schools don't. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think, oh, oh, there were two guys on base. Brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's there brutal. was runners on first and second. It would have won the game. He thought he had won the game. Oh, my God. All right, yes, he flied out with two runners on base. Excitement to end that first game. Texas will be a part of uh, the excitement of the Super Regionals, but they're going to have to be patient and wait till tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock against Stanford. To talk about that and some other Longhorn stuff, let's hit the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. It's our weekly conversation with Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. Catch what's up, man. Gentlemen, it's good to be with you on this fine Friday. Yes, sir. Always good. And you know what? Speaking of good, uh, it just hit me as we're getting ready for this. We've been talking Texas baseball with you the last few weeks, and you've been giving us your honest take on this team that's had its ups and its downs. Boy, did they just pull off the best version of how to be up and down if you're going to do it. Be down for the conference tournament, get pissed off about it, and then come back and do that in the regional. How impressed were you with what they pulled off in South Beach? I mean, that was the best version of Texas baseball that I think we can get of this team. And honestly, Chad, it goes back even further. If you go back to the last month, I can remember having the conversation about the West Virginia series where they won the opener, but it was like, okay, that's fantastic. But in order for it to mean anything, you got to win the next two. Otherwise, it's kind of all for naught. And they did. So, yay, it's a high. And then the Big 12 tournament happens, and it's like, oh, no, we suck again. (laughs) And then they come right back next week. And so part of me is a bit terrified for Texas fans and that the natural progression of the way this team operates is that they won't be able to tie their shoes this weekend. 
but, man, if last weekend is an indication of where they're going to stay, then they, ab- they probably have a better chance, I think, of winning this Super Regional than they did the Regional simply because the Super Regional doesn't require you to potentially have to have four or five games worth of pitching. I mean, mm-hmm. Texas can look at – if their two starters come out and, and wheel and deal like they did a weekend ago, this thing's got a chance to be over in two. Uh, Stanford probably doesn't have the depth of, 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 of pitching. So, I mean, this, this, this is doable. And yet we know that this is a Texas baseball team that can turn doable into doo-doo. So <laughs> I'm fascinated by what, by what we see. Like, anything can happen. Yeah, no, it's going to be wild. And Texas and Stanford getting together is always interesting. Yeah, two big-time Blue Bloods when it comes to college baseball. Catch, what did you see out of David Pierce this last weekend, that, or this previous weekend at Coral Gables, that you didn't see in the Big 12 tournament? His players, it it, all comes down to player execution. You know, we talked last week about, look, Texas fans need to prepare themselves for the fact that there are going to be high-pressure key moments in these games where players who have struggled, certainly we're talking about the bullpen more than anything else, that players that struggled are going to have to succeed in ways that, they didn't in the regular season, and that's going to be part of this deal. It's going to be part of the deal this weekend. What did Pierce do? Like, I don't know. He he rubbed his four-leaf clover, like, on some <laughs> level. You know, it's not, it's not his fault when guys either throw pitches or don't. And last weekend, his guys threw pitches for strikes. They weren't letting guys get on base willy-nilly. From the bullpen, right? And, you know, there's just so much about last weekend where it was like, oh, wow, this is what it looks like. These, when these boys play a mature brand of baseball, it was very easy on the eyes. Uh, we know, like, we just know that we can't get too far ahead of ourselves because we've seen this team for months now going back to February, and it's like a potluck dinner. I don't know what I'm going to get, but, but they showed us last weekend that if they execute at the highest levels that they can, there's nobody that they can't beat. I mean, it's, that team last weekend can win a national championship. It's just a matter of can, can we seriously say that, that, that those performances can be bottled up and counted on? A week ago, I would have said no. I think I'm hopeful going into this Super Regional, but none of us really know, and that includes Pierce. He cannot... He cannot tell you that with runners in scoring position, they're going to get runs home, that they're not going to give away walks and guys getting on base and scoring um, on free passes and things like that. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much of this I, of the down moments I blame on Pierce, but I also don't know that in these high moments he did anything other than sit back and watch his guys ex- where you would give him the credit is that a lot of these guys have struggled to execute all season long. And clearly, from a leadership standpoint, from a captain standpoint, he's positioned these guys to retain their confidence when previous results might have indicated maybe they wouldn't. So I think a lesser coach and a lesser team 
would have been impacted by, by moments like the Big 12 championship. And instead, what we saw was a team that, that rose to the occasion after not doing so as previous as like four, five, six days earlier. So I think where I give him the most credit is having that team in a position to play the way they did when it would have been really easy to show up, go to and barbecue, and say, well, we just this wasn't our year. This might not be their year, but their version of this might not be our year is playing in a super regional at the minimum. And I think that speaks to a, a lot of real positives about what Pierce has been able to build in, in six, seven seasons. Talking with Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. Catch, we are 85 days away from the first Texas football game. Obviously, this is that time of year where fans will go on a vacation for a little while and maybe duck out and then duck back in and check in on message boards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Right now, what has your big attention in terms of Texas football? Could be summer workouts. It could be recruiting. Where's your focus right now? It's hard not to notice that they picked up a commitment last weekend from K.J. Lacey. Um who I think is going to be a five-star quarterback by all of the recruiting services by the time um, by the time that kid signs with someone, I think he's going to be of that level. And I really, I, you know, I, I can't say that I watched a lot of out-of-state tape on 2025 kids. I mean, I've, I've it's enough that I've got a state the size of Texas that I'm trying to watch underclassmen play, and I got my eyes on 2024. So I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to K.J. Lacey before last weekend. i got to be honest, I, I don't see a lot of film where my jaw kind of drops a little bit. And Lacey at his best um, it's pretty freaking fun to watch. And knowing that he's from the state of Alabama, that – I think he could easily be an Alabama commit right now, except Alabama got a commit from a top-ranked quarterback named Julian Sand in the 2024 class. I think they thought we can take our time a little bit in 2025. That probably led to Texas being able to get a commitment because this kid's got a wide receiver teammate who might be the best player in America. I mean, he's a legit five-star, and he's ranked number five overall in the country for the 2025 class. This opens the door for Texas, I think, to get involved in that recruitment. This team has another defensive end in 2025 that is a national top 70, top 100 type player. Um, so that this is all happening on Alabama's turf. A couple of days after Nick Saban name-checked Texas at SEC meetings by saying that Texas and Texas A&M and USC, they're trying to essentially buy a championship or buy success with money that that happened 48 hours later, a kid that, you know, this kid in the last 20, in the modern era of rivals.com going back to 2002, based on where he's ranked right now, just right now, he'd be the third highest ranked quarterback out of the state of Alabama in the last two plus decades. Hmm. Talking about, Jameis Winston, talking about Bo Nix. That's at worst, at worst, he's the third best. So this guy, by the time he's a senior, is probably going to be one of the most decorated high school football players in the history of the state of Alabama. 
that Texas has their their hooks in him this early uh, is the thing that's on my mind the most this week. It's very nerdy. It's very recruiting-related. doesn't say anything about this upcoming season. But the dynamics of that situation uh, and what the next two years may look like in his recruitment, because Alabama is going to be, I think, at some point – pretty hot and heavy after him in a way that they haven't yet been. Uh, it makes for incredible recruiting theater uh, that we don't always see in, in, in quite this fashion. It is This is chess instead of checkers at the recruiting level, and I think the implications and the stakes involved are um, really, really high. Yeah, it's definitely a big-time game. We've seen these last two years catch. You're going to need your backup quarterback, so I think it's very important to keep bringing those guys in. But I know you've seen the new Big Ten schedule for 2024 with USC and UCLA, the big one that stands out for me, USC and Michigan, Michigan going down to the Coliseum. Next week, the SEC rolls out their schedule for the 2024, and hopefully Texas and A&M, that matchup is on there. What are you expecting from next week? Wednesday. I have zero expectations because how could you? I mean, if the SEC puts a mountain in front of Texas or Oklahoma, I, I saw one projected schedule for Oklahoma. I can't remember who did it, but it was online. It made its way over to Orange Bloods, and it had Oklahoma playing both Alabama and Georgia in year one. And I thought. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I thought, well, that's fun. And then I thought, God, Texas is at Michigan next year. So what if, what if next year's schedule was at Michigan, Oklahoma on a neutral field, Georgia at home, and then at Alabama for what could be the second year in a row? Like I don't know. Like yeah, th- there's hey, there's a world out there. Catch where the schedule. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I saw a projection that had Texas go into College Station, Baton Rouge, Auburn, and Michigan. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, there's there's a world out there where the schedule that they release in a couple of way in a couple of days it dooms Texas in 2024 before they ever play a game because at some point the schedule's just too much and. It makes the it makes I think the importance of this season really significant because if Sarkeesian and company let's say they don't win the Big Twelve this year and then they open up next year with just a hellacious schedule where going eight and four is pretty damn respectable depending on exactly who you're playing Texas fans aren't going to want to hear that they're not going to want to hear that by the end of Sark's fourth year. He hasn't won a conference championship, and that after year four, they're still winning eight games. It's so you know, and it's like okay, well, Texas fans will be rational and reasonable. Okay, if you if you say so. I mean, Chad, you and I have been doing some version of radio and or like just internet coverage like for two decades, right? Yeah. Uh. This is a fan base. Look, it goes back a while, right? But you can go back to 2001, where in a like two or three hour period, they went, "Hey, we're going to win our first Big 12 championship since you know Max first Big 12." And then it was like, "Oh no, we're going to play in the national championship against Miami." And then it was, "Oh no, 
Chris. And then it was booing him off the field, and then it was almost winning the game, and then it was all of the aftermath of the phone calls. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't do rational and reasonable around here. We do up and down, and where we land, nobody knows. And so the schedule's incredibly important because if Texas gets a workable schedule, you can see a world with the talent that Sarkeesian is putting together. Or maybe they can take off and soar in year one. But is that what the SEC is going to give Texas? Like, that's never my, – my instincts are, oh, they're going to make it tough. Nobody in the SEC wants Texas to win the SEC in year one. That's kind of embarrassing. Just like if Cincinnati shows up this year in the Big 12 right. and wins the Big 12, that doesn't look good for anybody. Yeah, no, I so, – yeah. I don't know. You ask, you ask me what I expect, I expect the worst. It, oh, no, Wednesday night's going to be interesting, and that, that's a good point. I can't imagine that the SEC would welcome Texas and Oklahoma, really either of them, with a welcoming schedule in that first year. So we'll see on that. Hey, Chad, yeah. imagine the outrage, the protests, and the boycotts. If the schedules come out for 2024 and Texas has a lighter-looking schedule on paper than A&M. Right. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, because that's the other side of it, whether it's folks in College Station or folks in other SEC cities wondering, are they going to bring Texas and Oklahoma in and be nice to them and treat them like blue bloods and treat them like Bama and Georgia day one? <laughs> like, that's a concern, too. You're absolutely right. That That's going to be fascinating. Wednesday night. By the way, Catch, I'm just checking. Do you know where SEC Network is on your TV? I'm just double-checking with all the folks that are covering Texas because I know you may not have been there a ton. You know where it is, right? I've got that thing memorized. Okay. I've, been, I've been, I watch A&M play all the time. I know you do. I know you keep and up occasionally with those, those games are on the SEC network. Yes, occasionally you're right. They are. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, because I just got to ask, are you, uh, with your sources and, and practice report, you know, finding out what's going on, are you hearing anything about Sark and signal calling and changing signals and all that kind of stuff? Is that on your radar? Does it matter to you? I mean, that's been on my radar for months. Okay. I, I can't tell you what I know and what I've heard, but there's definitely been some conversation before this week that there were issues with potentially teams having – Specific knowledge of the playbook, signs, all of those things. And uh, and there's been specific allegations that it happened in the TCU game. The question that goes unanswered is, if it happened, how did it happen? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a question there that's really fascinating. Yeah. Let's say in a hypothetical yeah. world, <laughs> TCU had advanced knowledge. How? And, I don't, and I'm not even talking Gary Patterson. like that. Right. That's not where my head is going. Yeah. I'm talking about, is there a former player? Is there something like that? These things happen, and they happen probably more frequent than we think. Uh, I have a baby question for you. Okay. Because Joker did his thing at the French Open today. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. He, he loses a set, but then he goes 6-1, 6-1, and like basically makes the number one seed bow out in embarrassing fashion. Yes, that's correct. Who's going to end up being the number one Joker? 
Who's going to Because we got multiple big dog jokers in Jokic and Djokovic. Um, the joker of basketball needs to start throwing some jewelry on it, and then it's him. But he's got – there's – How many rings does he need to be the number one joker? Uh, based on – if you're talking about American sports fans and the way they look at tennis and basketball, I'm going to say two. As soon as he gets a second ring that- to go with the MVPs, it'd be – I'm going to say it's him. I think he needs three because at the end of the day, as much as I hate to say it, the tennis joker – Damn it, he won't stop winning majors. No, he won't. And by the way, Catch, I said two instead of three because you know I'm not the biggest fan of the tennis version of Joker. I like the basketball version. The tennis version is not my favorite. But he's a he's a badass. Um, we know he is. Remember when he was known for like faking injuries and not being <laughs> tough? Yeah, he still is. I'm sorry. He still is. <laughs> Damn it. It didn't change. He wins like 500 majors. I know, but he still plays. He still plays that game. He's still that guy. He'll still do it every once in a while. He will still do some stuff. The old bird was it? Was it? Was it Roddick that hit him with the bird flu? Correct. <laughs> Roddick. Remember that comment? Roddick wow. said SARS and bird flu in one sentence. That was, <laughs> yes. That's one of, one of the greatest quotes of all time. Uh, it was good stuff. Jeff Ketchum, Orange Okay, boys, I'm sorry, dude. No, you're yeah. good. That's fine. Jeff Ketchum, OrangeBloods.com, at GK Catch on Twitter. Give him a follow. Have a great weekend, Catch. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Catch. <laughs> Same, fellas. Take care. Oh, my God. Yep, Djokovic did beat Alcaraz in the semis. He is into the French Open final where there is no Nadal, meaning Djokovic probably wins the thing and gets to number 23. Majors all-time, I think, now? Yeah, yeah, Djokovic, he has that Joker title out of those two, but Nikola, yeah. if he wins this title, maybe another MVP before the second ring? Oh, who it, knows? It really is the it, – it's almost – it's not quite LTLT because those guys were in different generations, but, yes, right now, if you're just trying to be fair, the tennis version gets it for a while, but it's going – it's multiple rings multiple rings are going to have to happen because this dude is maybe the greatest tennis player that ever lived. By the way, Specs text line blowing up on Ketch's comment on the TCU inside man, Jacob Wiley, which that's the first thing I thought of too. Jared Wiley, excuse me. Jared Wiley. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which that's all on Sark. Like you need to know, oh yeah, this guy was was here during five and seven. Well, I mean, he probably knows some things. And if That's we don't weird. change them, why not go to Sonny Dykes and be like, hey, coach, if I'm Sonny Dykes, I'm going to Jared. And I'm saying, hey, man, is there anything that you see? Yeah. What do they do? Is there anything we need to know? Like, you, were you Great cool point. with Xavier Worthy? This and that. Like, what's Bijan like? Bijan like this and that. Like, even what food they like. Anything to get an advantage. Sure. No. So I can't really knock Jared Wiley if it is him. Like, we're... Still just, we don't know, but that's what I first thought of, and that doesn't seem like that's not cheating to me at all. It wasn't cheating yesterday. It's Steve Sarkeesian not cleaning up his playbook enough for somebody to figure that out. Interesting comments there, and uh, we'll see if the Longhorns can get all that straightened out before 2023 gets cranked up. Up next, Why Today Matters, June 9th and a little bit of the 10th. Plus, if you're looking for a good hunk of sports drama, Netflix may have an idea for you. This is The Horn. Chad and Zay.
Ah, all right. Getting the look described. Really glad he said jewels. Jewels was the word there. Uh, it's Chad and Zay on a Friday. Who we got, Zay? I did not recognize this voice. This is T-Pain on the hook. Ah, T-Pain. Okay. Right here is Rick Ross, AEW's okay. finest. <laughs> and both of those guys are featured on the song by Birdman and Lil Wayne. Wow. You know what I'm doing. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. T-Pain, Rick Ross, Birdman, and Lil Wayne. Yep. There is such a community going on in hip-hop. It's amazing. It's the groups involved. By the way, there's a birthday today. Uh, Who is it? Sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Flesh and Bone will turn 50. If that makes you feel old, member of Bone Thugs and Harmony. He's like the one that nobody talks about. I'm just, okay. That's a weird name drop. I'm just letting you know. I just saw the Bone Thugs and Harmony guy yeah. had a birthday. And that it's 50. Right. Also, Faith Evans, 50 tomorrow. Oh, Faith. Yeah. Um, but I thought I found it interesting. I didn't realize everybody in Bone Thugs and Harmony has a bone name. Right. It has a name with the word bone in it. Yeah. And there's like, what, five, six guys? It's Really, there's big four. Like, Flesh and Bone's been on a couple of songs, but when you think of Bone Thugs, you just think of the big four they got. Wishbone, Crazy Bone, Lazy Bone, and Busy. Like, Flesh and Bone's there, but okay. not so much. There you go. Okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Back to Faith Evans, man. Faith, shame on you for covering up the bosom tattoo that had Biggie Smalls, like, initials on it. She covered that up. There's, like, a big old rose on that. Rest assist. Hmm. That's a shame. I mean, I know Biggie wasn't the most loyal, obviously, <laughs> little Kim, but still, like, he's no longer with us. I know y'all got a child together or something, like, you know. <laughs> it's just in Biggie might not have been the most, <laughs> the most committed boyfriend yeah, ever. Yeah, husband. They were married. Oh, husband. I'm sorry. Husband. Yeah. Husband. Yeah, Biggie yeah. was out of control. That's fair. All right. Uh, a lot of stuff on the board today, including Super Regional Baseball. Crazy ending to that first game today. Duke wins 5-4 when Virginia comes within three feet of a game-winning three-run bomb. No, the, uh, the, the outfield. The left fielder, he came up with it deep on the warning track. 5-4. Duke won that game. TCU starts at 4. South Carolina, Florida at 5. And at 7, it's Oral Roberts and Oregon, Texas, and Stanford tomorrow at 5. Plus tonight, it's NBA Finals Game 4. They'll go 7-30 on ABC. Does it start to feel dominant with Joker and Murray? Or does Jimmy Butler have one more of those kind of games to remind us how tough that group is to kill? We'll get into all of that Right now, though, in Why Today Matters, if you like drama, Zay might have found a terrific hunk of it coming up. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. So, Zay, back in the day when I was growing up, before all the technology in everybody's hands, they would say... Wish I was a fly on the wall. Boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there for that? Used to be impossible. Now, there are cameras and recording devices and things everywhere. There are also a lot of streaming shows going on, and they need content. They need to fill those. So, you came up with something earlier today that you saw, and if they do have something here, this is going to be one that I think all sports fans, even if you don't love this sport, are going to want to see 
Remind everybody what Netflix has been doing and what they might have for us. Yeah, Netflix has a very popular series called Full Swing where they're tracking all of the PGA Tour players and going behind the scenes with cameras just to see how they live. And one of the producers of Full Swing said that films were rolling, sound was on, mics were hot when the live golf news broke. That's fantastic. And it will be out season two, 2024. Okay. So add some very spicy things and... Hey, I got to wait till 2024. We can't get a little leak here. I mean, come on. You got to do a little bit of editing. You don't want it to, you know, ruffle any feathers or offend anyone. A little preview. Rory, Rory trailer. I mean, there might be some things said that we don't want out. You're absolutely right. Just for guys and, you know, the credibility. But let's, I want to see an in-depth look at how these guys feel. They don't necessarily have to be disrespectful for me, but... We know guys feel a certain way that's not positive, and I would like to see an authentic reaction from some of the players in the full full swing series. I totally agree with you. Um, The other thing that just occurred to me, they probably would say no cameras in the room with Monahan. that's his name, right, Jay Monahan. Monahan and all those PGA guys, which I would understand. We've seen that in a documentary. Cameras were not allowed in, but they could stand outside. Yeah. And be recording. Did you hear how many golfers were in that meeting with him? A hundred. Damn. A hundred guys taking shots at him, asking questions. What about this? What about that? You know you seem hypocritical. You know it's this. You know that. You said this. Now you said that. So does any was anybody running camera, running sound from outside that room? And then here's the, that's the other thing. Every single person that's been mic'd up for that show, were any of them there? We assume some of them were. Were any of them wearing their mics? Right. Did they take them off? Yeah. Did they turn them on? I'm a pro wrestling fan, so I'll mention Game of Shadows when the whole Montreal Screwjob thing happened with Brett and Sean. Brett Michael, Brett Michaels, Brett Hart was wearing a microphone for a documentary. And guess what the sound guy did when he went to talk to Vince McMahon? He left it on. Yeah. Now, Vince also didn't know he was mic'd. So Monahan might know, like, hey, you guys are filming these things. I want to make sure you take those mics off. Please tell them we can't have that out here. But just something to look for, the Netflix series. I haven't watched any of that yet. Have you watched any? Neither have I, no. Okay. I haven't, this, might, this might at least pull me towards watching a little bit if we can see a good edited version of, okay, give me names I know and give me those reactions. Right. Give me a, Rory, Rom, whoever you got. And I've seen a clip of Rory hating on somebody that went live golf, like one of the players. So it's going to be – Interesting when those guys come back and start getting into all these events since the merger. I, I like it. You know me. I like yeah. a good petty story. This is petty as hell. Oh. And if somebody has something to say, I want to hear it. Petty on a golf course, different kind of petty. Different. At that level with all that money and everything. Uh-huh. Um, the latest stuff there, by the way, Greg Norman and a an official from Liv have said Liv's not going anywhere. Liv will still be Liv. Rory and a lot of guys are thinking it's just going to die. That it'll be gone. Yes, the Saudi money is going to help the PGA and the European Tour. Rory deep down thinks Liv is just going to vaporize. Norman says that's not true. But a lot of people think Greg Norman's getting edged out of this thing at some point. That he won't be a part of it. And that now there's talk that if I come back from Liv, I'm a Liv golfer, and I come back into the PGA, they're going to fine me to let me back in. 
They'll let me back, but they're going to fine me a significant amount of money. Mm. And the guy that gets to determine all that is Monahan. So you got Aaron said this this morning on B and E, and he was dead on. You talk about a hated guy on both sides. How in the world could the live guys tell you they like Monahan? And we know now the PGA guys what they're thinking in terms of trust level and where, where how he's treated them. I don't think anybody's going to like him. Yep, can't make everybody happy. Yo. Yeah, no, he, he needs to find one person. Just find one to try to make happy. My God. All right, I mentioned those two musical birthdays tomorrow. Faith Evans and Flesh and Bone both turned in 50. Today, Jackie Wilson would have been 89 years old. We lost Jackie back in 1984. What a voice. A lot of great stuff from Jackie Wilson. If you want to go check that out. Zay, I got two sports birthdays for you today. Dick Vitale, 84. Dickie B. You know the old school on Dick Vitale. Ooh. It's a goofy trivia question. Definitely don't. It's a Northeastern school. Definitely known for basketball. How about Seton Hall? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Also, happy 43 to Udonis Haslam as we get ready for game four of the finals. Udonis, 43. Saw Udonis enter the game late for those closeout minutes. Yep. What's on his head? I don't know. I always see him with the hoodie on. Now I get it. Yeah. We might just, I don't know. I, I, I felt so bad I watching. felt bad, too. I was like, yo, what? Because you, you, you got I, a lot of money, bro. You might need, you can get that fixed, right? I thought it was, at first, you know, I'd made a comment about, is it a, just a fashion choice for him? He just thinks he looks cool in the hood. Because I made the joke, like, I only see him in that hoodie, yeah. but I missed He's not coming in the game. He's just rocking that hoodie. And then, yeah, he came in the game, and I thought, oh, what am I – like, what am I seeing there? Because one of the first things I thought of was like, wait a minute, before I start to think, okay, wait, is those just like – are those little bald spots? But then is it a – is that like scarring of some sort? Is it like our our guy, the guy who used to coach at Providence? He's he's somewhere else now. Oh, yeah, yeah, clearly. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where there seems to be some kind of a – I don't know if it's a burn or some kind of scar. So you want to be sensitive to that. But, yeah, when, when he came in the game, I thought, okay, that's why he's wearing that hoodie. And what is going on yeah, there? It's a little I, weird. Yeah, I hope he's good, but yeah. when he came into the league, he had braids. Yeah, it's true. And then he took off the braids and had a little fro, but that wasn't there during the you know yeah. second part of his career when Braun came. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but Hubby's good. Happy for you know, 43 birthday. This is it. This is the last run. He's stealing yeah. money. Still. He is. By the way, have you ever seen a more uncomfortable jumper than that one he took at the end of Game 3? That was tough. Reluctant. Yeah. Crowd wanted him to take it, and Udonis <laughs> was thinking, please don't make me take this shot. Jamal Murray was guarding them for some reason. I don't know why he was in. Like The Nuggets had the game taken care of. And when the game ended, I've never seen this before in like an ongoing NBA Finals slash playoff series when you got games to go. Yeah. Jamal Murray like dapped them up. Oh, After the game really? ended, like dapped him up, and I was like, yeah. "That's different." Because, but because he knows for the rest of the series, he'll probably be sitting on the bench see him in that again. hood. Yeah, he'll never see him again. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Yo, I watched you when I was a little kid, man. Like, <laughs> like I took you. A, it took a lot for you to shoot that jumper. You didn't have to shoot it. You see, I did it contested. Oh. I was giving it to you, but man, salute to you. You're." 43 years old, still in the league, stealing money. Like, he did it the right way. We talk about backup quarterbacks in the NFL and how great that job is. Like, elite yeah. job. You don't have to worry about the pressure, and you're making great NFL money. You could say you're making – yeah, I play quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Like, that's cool to say. Nobody, no female is going to go look at, look at your stats and stuff. They're going to see that watch you got on and say, oh, really? And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, he does play for the Saints. Udonis Haslam, he is like that. 
He is that. He's the backup quarterback of the NBA, not playing whatsoever, old as hell, giving back game, which that's one thing, one reason why he's on that roster. Like, he's a great mentor to the guys, and you always see him in the huddles. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, right. he, he really yeah, yeah. helps out Eric Spolstra because you need those veterans just 43 years old. That, that's ancient. Mm-hmm. Like that veteran, there's a veteran like 35, maybe 33, 10 years in, not 20 in your 40s. That's time to go, Udonis. Time to go. Jamal Murray treating him like he saw Prince in the grocery store in the 80s. Like, oh, I got to get this autograph yeah. now because he is not going to come back to town. It was weird. That is bizarre. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds. Speaking of the NBA, Denver looking for a title. They also got a an extra draft pick coming up in this draft. We'll tell you about that, and we'll get you set up for Ball Don't Lie. Rod, Harge, and Patrick are coming right up on the horn. Chad and Zay. Just about to wrap up a Friday show, and we'll do it with a wild Hollywood story that uh, is coming down in the last day or so. Chad and Zay, about to be done. Zay, I will admit, this is not an artist I could have identified. I know the song, and it's called Milkshake, right? Right. She's very attractive. I did not know what her name was. What is her name? Khalees. Khalees. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing it spelled K-E-L-I-S here. Khalees. Yeah. And the report coming out of the New York Post and other places is that Khalees, aged 43, is dating Bill Murray. Oh, Bill. Bill is 72. Oh, Bill, you a cold dog, man. I, I think that's 29 years if my math Yo, is right. I saw Khalees recently. Bill, I hope she don't put you over, cause that's a lot you can. That's a lot to handle at your age, dog. I'm seeing a picture. The, the picture I'm seeing in a split screen here. She's, she's oh, beautiful. she's fine. This is Nas's baby mama. Is that right? Yeah, I think they were married at one time. They got kids together. Okay. But yo, she fills out the jeans that she wears, and I hope. Bill isn't lactose intolerant because that milkshake mm. will be thrown around and then some. So I hope you're all right. That milkshake called Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Bill. Dude, she's hanging with a lot of goats then. Yo, Bill. That's a lot of goatish kind of folks to be hanging with if you've been hanging out with Nas, obviously, and now Bill Murray. You're right. You're right. Yo, Ooh. Bill got swagger. You remember in Space Jam? Where he came in and he was wearing the shoes and great cameo. One of my favorites when he came in the Space Jam and was dropping dimes and stuff with mm-hmm. Jordan and Bugs and the crew at the end. Like that's legendary cinematic stuff right there. So he got swagger. So he, he got some he got some game too. Let's think about it. If you are sick and tired of like a stereotypical kind of man for whatever the reason, whatever it is, there might not be a better man to break that cycle with than Bill Murray. Right. Because he's just a different kind of dude in the best way. You know you're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. And then, you know what else, Zay? Work's never getting in the way. 
That's true. Because Bill at 72, he still does it the same way. He's got some goofy-ass beeper number or a 800 number, and he tells everybody, call me and I might call you back. Yeah. So if you tell Bill Murray, I want to go to Cabo San wherever and show off my fine body and my new swimsuit, guess what? Bill's going. Bill will have that trip planned before you can finish your thought. Yeah, this is more impressive than Troy Aikman yesterday. Oh, yes, it is. I know, girl. Even though Troy, oh, yes, it is. Even though Troy looks like he can still sling that thing with that body, Troy with uh, the thirty-four-year-old piece, Bill Murray with Kalisto. Now, Bill, wow. at, Bill at seventy-two. If he's if he can if he can stand up, walk across the room, I'm impressed. Much less dating <laughs> this woman. Come on, Bill. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's hope for everybody right there. It is seriously hope for everybody. If you're in your seventies. There's hope. Yeah. Hope, man, woman, whatever it is. And you don't got to worry about no gold digging stuff like Zion because she's an artist herself. She got her own. Here's the only the only thing that can make it better. What if Bill Murray and Nas get along? <laughs> can you imagine? Like, think about that for a second. What if Bill Murray is dating Nas's baby? You say have children together, right? Right. They, were they married? Yeah. Okay. Ex-wife, baby mama. What if they actually get along? That would be the greatest. Bill Murray would officially become the goat yeah. of what he does. I'm, I'm sure Bill likes him some Nas. I'm sure he's hit up Nas and say, is this cool? Because that's still the code. Yeah, when you're, when you're yes. like, yes. hey, yo, is this cool? Because, again, Nas, he might be older, but homeboy from Queensbridge. Yeah. He probably knows some dangerous folk where, Bill, I get it, you well off and stuff, but you don't want them Queensbridge problems. Like, Ron Artest is from Queensbridge. Dude, if I was Bill Murray, I would require Nas to be on our first three dates just to make sure he was <laughs> yeah, cool with it. Just to make sure he's cool. <laughs> just to yeah. make sure. That, that's a part of the code. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, let's go stems and seeds. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Good on you, Bill Murray. All right, uh, the other big story today, obviously Denver's going for the win tonight. Do the Nuggets get it done, Zay? Yeah, we said five, so they got to win this one, and I think they figured out the formula to take down the Miami Heat, and Jimmy Butler's fatigue is a real concern. He just doesn't look like he has that same giddy-up that we've seen in Mm -hmm. the first three series, so... If Miami's other guys, Kayla Martin, Duncan Robinson, you know, uh, Gabe Vincent, all those guys, if they're knocking down shots, and they definitely have a chance. Kyle Lowry, where has he been? He hasn't been good, you know, since game two. So, I mean, they need all of those other guys, not just Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, but if Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are going to dominate with that two-man game, then they don't have much of a chance to Miami Heat. Yeah, I'm going to challenge Miami by saying Denver wins. You and I both picked them in five. I'm going to stay with that until that pick goes away. I think Denver does win again tonight, and they definitely found something. They also got an extra uh, draft pick. They made a little deal with Oklahoma City, Zay. Denver will now have the 37th and 40th picks in this draft, and they also picked up a 24 first-round pick from Oklahoma City. So a team that's already this dangerous and already this good at picking role guys has 37 and 40 in this next draft. That's let's, scary. Let's see what they do with those picks. That's scary. They've done a good job in their front office. Like I mentioned earlier, getting Michael Porter Jr. was a steal when a lot of people – 
thought he was an afterthought because of his health and Nikola Jokic's second round, Jamal Murray going where he went. Like, yeah, they do a really good job of analyzing players. Hell, Christian Brown this year, he's getting significant minutes uh, uh, these last few games, this whole season, and he's a rookie. So they do a really good job of analyzing players and realizing what they can bring to their culture and what they can make fit. Texas Stanford, who wins the Super Regionals? Texas eh? in two, baby. We come back Monday, ready to go to Omaha. Texas in two, boom, boom. Come back Monday, ready to go to Omaha. Let's get it. Gordon Johnson, bam, bam. Let's get it. Complete game, LeBaron again. I hold that, baby. Okay, don't want to go that far. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of pitches he threw. <laughs> Fair enough. Texas and Stanford tomorrow afternoon, 5 o'clock, remember, 445 pregame. And keep listening to the horn. Go to hornfm.com. Check out social media. We'll let you know about that game on Sunday when we hear about when it's going to happen. And then, obviously, if there's a game Monday, we would assume it's going to be evening. But just uh, keep double-checking, and we will let you know when we know. Ball Don't Lie is coming up with Rod and Harge and Patrick. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Stay safe. See you.